talk radio lately that sounds anything like this? We didn't think so. You're listening to Unapologetically Progressive, KBLA Talk 1580. And there's a reason we call ourselves your election information station. We all want you to be ready, and I want myself to be ready. And so go to KBLA1580.com. You can hear all of these conversations. You can hear them wherever you get your podcasts, and you can get them on our app. Um, all of these various candidates. Today we're focused on folks who want to be L.A. County <clears throat> Superior Court judges. And I'm joined in studio by an attorney, um, a face you probably know, uh, a well-known attorney, a best-selling author, law professor. And uh, you probably know him for serving on the prosecutorial team of the O.J. Simpson trial, but he's also a legal commentator, a community leader, and educator. He says he'll bring a diverse set of skills and unmatched experience to the bench. Attorney Christopher Darden, good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, you you know, you've been doing this a long time. Yes. Um, and obviously as a judge it's kind of like being the opposite of being a pundit right you got to be quiet don't say your opinion and be completely unbiased seems like a pretty extreme uh (laughs) step from one job to another why 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 go to the bench well it's not an extreme step at all at least not for me you know i've been a lawyer for 44 years i i passed the bar in 1980 and i spent 16 years as a prosecutor and 25 years doing civil rights litigation and criminal law defense. And, you know, I have a perspective that few other lawyers ever have or get to have because of my longevity and because of my experience in in practice and because I've studied the law and I've taught the law and I continue to teach the law uh, to students. And, And I think that we're at a time, at a point where the criminal law is really, well, uh, in, in chaos, in crisis, we've enacted reform on the one hand, and it has worked great in some aspects and other aspects not so great. And I think we're at a point where we're trying to figure out and decide what do we do? Do we continue with the progressive uh, model or do we go back and do things the way we used to do? Right. And, uh, I, and, and I'm all for going forward. I'm all for taking the best of the past and the the greatness in what we have now uh, on the books. And not every judge and not every lawyer agrees with that. And so I think that if we want to continue to make sure that the new reform laws are, are implemented and carried out in court, I think we need judges who are progressive and who uh, who understand these laws, the reason for these new laws. And I'm that guy. When you say the best of the past, I mean, what are you talking about? Like, you know, we've been talking a lot this morning about things like enhancements, which have been such a hot button issue, right? Not necessarily, not necessarily one of the best things uh, of the past. My, uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, we have so many issues, you know, the issue of bail, Right. It's been discriminatory. It's been discriminating against poor people since the beginning of time. Um, you know, uh, so that is one of the issues that may not be such a great part of the past because it has a discriminatory effect. Which, right. Well, like many of our policies. So yeah. um, what is the good part? Then? Well, one of the best things that has happened is that last July, the legislature, uh, uh, they had en- enacted a law that allows your criminal records to be sealed. 
criminal records are being sealed without application, without petition, for uh, folks convicted of felonies and misdemeanors, for folks who were arrested and not charged. These records are being sealed. And it's going to allow a lot of people, a lot of people in our community, to move forward with their lives without necessarily having to carry old criminal conduct and old convictions from 10 and 20 and 30 years ago. And that is that is a beautiful I, The thing. reason I'm smiling because so far everything you've cited from the past has not been from the past. Like what I mean, what, what I is mean, what is the stuff new. that you I know. So right. what is the stuff that you want to keep from days of old? Well, I think we have to pay attention to community safety. We have to pay attention what does that to look community like? safety. And what that looks like to me is this, is that when we consider a defendant and what the sentence ought to be, I think we have to take some things into consideration. The individual characteristics of that particular defendant, not just look at the statute, but look at the person. I think we have to take into consideration the victims and their interests, because victims have rights too. And I think you have to take into consideration community safety. This doesn't mean oppressive uh, rules or the or the uh, uh, implementation of oppressive uh, uh, enhancements, which I've always felt were heavy-handed and in some ways unfair. Um, but it means taking, you know, the best and 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 the best of the future that the future has to offer. We have lacked, I think, fundamental fairness in a lot of ways in the criminal law. Uh, over the past years. And I've been sitting here looking at this since 1981 when three strikes became a law. I've been sitting in court over the years watching folks who are addicted, who have a, an old strike, but now have one balloon of heroin or one small piece of crack cocaine, uh, do 32 months in prison. I've watched us criminalize addiction and punish that addiction with prison sentences. Old things that we don't need to take forward uh, into the future. I am hopeful and optimistic at the possibility of the law evolving in a way that considers not just the plight of the individual defendant, but the plight of the individual defendant's family and the impact it has on the community. You know, we create foster children. Yep. We create foster children in the criminal justice system. And we imprison people who are mentally ill. And we never really take the time to stop and ask what impact or effect did this individual's mental illness have on his, her, or their criminal conduct. Right. I mean, so it sounds like what you're telling me is you've got the experience as a prosecutor, obviously, famously in, in the OJ case. You've got the experience as a, as a um, you know, as a, a attorney in private practice, defending people. At one point, you were defending Eric Holder, who was the yes. guy accused in, uh, of, of, con of killing Nipsey Hussle. The guy that did kill Yeah, Nipsey well, Hussle. convicted right now. Yeah. Well, he did it. Right. Um, and so I, but I'm not really, and I'm looking at your endorsements. You've mm -hmm. got, you know, Gil Garcetti, who's not exactly known as being a progressive DA, but you also have, um, you know, uh, the LA County Federation of Labor and you've got, uh, knock LA, I think, yeah. uh, yeah. LA times endorsed one of your opponents. Um, so 
I mean, I, 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 I guess what I'm saying is we can't be all things to all people. So how would be. you describe yourself? I would pr- describe myself as a progressive. Mm. And I am a progressive. And I always have been a progressive. I am not the establishment candidate. I'm not the establishment candidate. But, you know, lurking in the shadows are, you know, some deputy district attorneys that are running for judge. Why are they running for judge now? Because they're running from Gascon. They're running from uh, uh, the, the new laws and, the, and, and, and uh, reform. They're running from restorative justice. And they're running to the bench. So what, we, what will we vote for? Do you want to vote? to do things the same way we've always done them? Do we want to just continue churning up that prison pipeline? Or are you willing, like I'm willing, to look at things new and different and from a whole new perspective? We have to keep our community safe, and people have to be held accountable when they commit crimes. When when you... um one one of the cases that you worked on was the case of Ed Buck, which I, you know, followed closely from beginning to end because it was just really a, a terrible, terrible story. Probably, probably the worst case I've ever worked on. And everybody deserves representation. I no. get that. Yes. You've been also been very vocal about being an advocate for victims and that yes. victims have rights too. Yes. But in that case, you're you're um, representing the predator. You're representing True. the killer. Um, and in that case, you've been criticized uh, by folks who wor- worked in that space as, in advocacy for saying that uh, Jamel uh, Moore, one of the victims, um, did not die from drug overdose, but dr- died from his own HIV positive says. Some see that as an attack on a victim and going beyond the pale of what. Well, I don't know why. First of all, I didn't say that. OK, but it was said in court. Okay. It was part of the defense. It was part of the which defense. You, which you oversaw. Which I participated in, absolutely, right. positively. Right. And uh, and it was uh, what was done. Uh, and it wasn't because I'm an expert in HIV or an autopsy surgeon or in, the, uh, in de- deciding what the cause of death is. It is because a skilled pathologist formed that opinion. And so when you're a defense attorney and you have an expert who says that this is the issue, or the question, what do I do as a defense attorney? Do I say no? What do I do when my client wants this defense asserted? What does the U.S. Supreme Court said? It says I assert it. So um, it's not something that I made up. Not at all. But a doctor did testify to that. Now, yeah, I mean, we, but we can get doctors to testify to anything. Well, I mean, I we saw that in George Floyd. I can't. Oh, he didn't die from the guy standing I on his can't. neck. I can't. And I didn't get that one to do that. In fact, another lawyer handled that witness. I never interviewed that witness or spoke to that witness before uh, before he testified. But, you know, this is the thing, though, criminalizing defense attorneys. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, you know, I, I go what to church. Well, that, mean? that means that, hey, we don't like who you represented. represented. Right. We don't like that you stood up for this individual's right to a fair trial, due process. <laughs> I mean, the only reason right I'm laughing is because it's a, of an you, you've been on both sides of this conversation because a lot of people were, I'm sure, mad. And you have to go way back to context of the, you know, the OJ right. trial yeah, right. I, I, because I, you were prosecuting uh, OJ. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like that to see a black attorney in that right. position. Right. And now, you know, so you've been You've been criticized for being a prosecutor and for defending folks, but 
I mean, we do make choices as professionals in any field, right? We do make choices. My choice is to uphold the Constitution, to uphold your Sixth Amendment right uh, to effective assistance of counsel, your due process right to a fair trial. And let me tell you, that's the attitude that I have today, that everyone is entitled to a defense and a fair trial. And that is the attitude that I will carry to the bench. You see, I'm not here to judge anyone. I go to church. Not yet. You're going to be a judge. No, I'm going to judge conduct. I'm going to judge conduct. I'm not here to make judgments about people. So you're making the distinction between judging a person for who they are and judging the person's behavior. Exactly. And so as a lawyer, no, I'm not just a lawyer. I am a warrior for justice. I'm a warrior for the Constitution. That's what I stand up for. And when people criticize me, uh, who I represent or, uh, or whatever... The bottom line is this, when your, ch- when your time comes, when your son is sitting in that hot seat and nobody will come, when no good lawyer will come to defend your child, I will come. And I will come not because of politics, and I'll come despite the criticism. I'll, become, I'll come because it's the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do. You... um. Well, we've had the conversation I have about how uh, more African-American people, more um, Latino people are now, get, you know, striving to become judges. Yes. Do you, what difference does that make? I think it makes a huge difference when you have people on the bench who have some understanding of your journey as a litigant or as a defendant. I think it makes a huge difference. I think... When I can relate to the defendant, it helps me have empathy. And I think empathy and mercy are a couple of elements that are missing in the criminal law, and I think they ought to be present. Not not every person that commits a crime is a terrible person. People make mistakes. People act out of emotion. People do things that are beyond the norm for them. And I think that we have to take those things, those kinds of things into consideration. Uh, Attorney Christopher Darden, give me your elevator pitch. Why should I vote Darden for municipal uh, court judge seat 130? Well, number one, because I have courage and I've proven it time and time again. And you know that with me sitting on the bench, you know that I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to follow the law. I'm going to do the right thing despite criticism, despite the political uh, winds of the day, uh, despite what really outside forces, political forces would otherwise want me to do. I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to treat people with respect and dignity and I'm going to allow the people that come before me the opportunity to speak and to be heard and I'm going to be looking out for people as well. I'm not going to sit there and watch someone come into court mentally ill and, and watch this person plead guilty. I'm not going to let people come into court before me and not at least be referred to or somehow obtain the services that they necessarily need uh, so that they can get themselves and their lives together. Um, you know, I've sent people to prison. I've prevented a lot of other people uh, from going to prison. I think that I have a unique perspective. And no other candidate has. Who else has done all of the things that I've done in the law? Which candidate? None. They're not even close. Not even 
remotely close. Christopher Darden, tell us how to track you. Are you on social media? <laughs> Are you? Uh, <laughs> I know you have your website, Christopher Darden for Judge F O R dot com. Yes, Christopher Darden F O R Judge, Christopher Darden for Judge uh, dot com. Okay, thank you so much for coming in. It's a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for this very tough interview. Was it tough? I loved it. All right. And thank you, uh, Maybe I should KBLA. be a lawyer. <laughs> you should run for judge. <laughs> Not going to happen. KBLA Talk 1580. Okay. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. The conversation continues right now now, now, with Dominique DePrima on First Things First. Oh, my. What a week and what a day. Um, Yes, indeed. I I talked to a bunch of people today who are seeking your vote for L.A. County Superior Court judge. And I think that um, really hearing firsthand from them, getting beyond just endorsements, slogans, um, even, you know, what does the L.A. Times say versus know, the LA Sentinel or what does the polling say? It's just actually sitting face to face or listening uh, to words straight out of their mouths makes a huge difference. And I didn't even realize it until I started this project um, about eight years ago um, of, of really looking at the candidates for judge that it's not even, yeah, sure, we're going to miss some things and sometimes we won't be experts. But when you talk to a person and you hear how they describe what they're trying to do, it really does make a difference. It certainly influenced me on every single election. I I, uh, have these conversations. Sometimes I go back and listen to myself again. You can find them all on KBLA 1580. Did I hear that right? And then I mark my ballot. Um, I mark my ballot because we find uh, really revealing and important things about these folks um, that are going to have such a huge impact in our lives. Um, Whether you are ever on uh, in a courtroom yourself or not, Um, setting policies, making decisions about whether or not laws are constitutional, um, and and the like. So I'm I'm just, uh, I'm amazed at what what I learn and what there is to be learned. And you can hear all of these wherever you get your podcasts. And there's a lot more stuff there, too. There's, you know, if you need a palate cleanser after listening to all of these district attorney candidates and all of these judge candidates and certainly hot races like um, California uh, Senate District 35 to replace Steve Bradford, who's been such a champion um, for reparations and such a champion for our community. These are careful decisions that have to be made. You can find them all at kbla1580.com. While you're there, take a moment, if you don't mind, fill out our climate survey. Um, These things make an impact, and um, we appreciate you for doing it. If you missed, for example, my conversation um, with Daimeo Arosena or uh, Corinne Bailey Ray, they're available wherever you get your podcasts. If you missed uh, my conversation with um, D.A. George Gascon on yesterday, again, available wherever you get your podcasts and also at KBLA1580.com. As usual, Tavis Smiley coming up next. As usual, he's got a great um, lineup for you. And um, I want to just thank you for being part of our KBLA Talk 1580 delegation. Uh, We've got Friedman Friday tomorrow, 
We're also going to be hearing from Congressman Adam Schiff, who is in the hunt to become the next U.S. Senator from the state of California. And of course, my friend Sherry Bell will be by my side as well. Tomorrow um, is a screening uh, at the Pan-African Film Festival of the film about the life of my father. It's called Sing, Fight, Sing. I will be there uh, to speak on the panel with the director afterwards. So hopefully you'll join us there. Go to paff.org. Ending with a quote from my dad, he says, a man is either free or he is not free. There can be no apprenticeship for freedom. That's a Mary Baraka. Until tomorrow, one love.